podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Adam Tomlinson and welcome back to the High B Buzz podcast. This week, I'm joined by a very special guest for our latest episode, former High B and now first team scout Kevin Harper chats to us about his time at Easter Road, the challenges that he's had to overcome in his life and his current role at the club. A popular figure on the terraces, a player blessed with pace and skill, and now someone who is helping to write the next chapter in Hibernian FC's history. I'm delighted to welcome Kevin Harper to the show. Kevin, how are you? I'm good, Adam. Thank you for that very good introduction. That's probably the best introduction I've ever had, I think. I'll tell you that. <laughs> there, was, there was no booze there, which is always good. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I'm good. That yeah, I'm fine. Thanks. Excellent. Thank you again for taking the time out um, to join us here on the High Buzz. Obviously, it's been what 24 years since you were first first at the club. It, it's funny how <laughs> things do full circles, isn't it? But we'll start with you at your playing days. Um, born obviously um, in in Scotland. Was it was it your dream to to always play for? play for Hibernian to, to become a pre- professional footballer? No, I, I think it, it came about really strange. You know, I was I was in football from a young a young age, but it was never one of the things. Yeah, I think back in the day, every boy wanted to be a footballer. I think every girl wanted to be a model. I think that was the thing that was, was back in the day. So, you know, you knew that not many people would. Yeah, and I think it, you know, I, I think the story is well documented how a good I would get a uh, sign for him. So I was watching his son on a different pitch. He had a commotion and a different pitch turned around and watched me wrapping it up and then decided he wanted to, wanted to try and sign me. And, you know, thankfully, thankfully he, he did it. A little bit of work, you know, but, uh, and that's, that's how the story, that's how the story goes really. It, it's funny that, isn't it? And, and I can imagine now for you, especially as a, as a scout to look back at that story, because you, You've always got to keep your wits about you. Yeah, you, you're always, you know, always looking, you know, I think as, as, a, as a manager, as a coach, as a, as a scout, you know, just in football in general, I think what that happens a lot of the time. But I think, you know, I know certainly when there's a few games on the television and I'm flicking through, I'm watching different, you know, yeah, that's a bit boring, I'll go and that, I'll go watch that one. And, you know, that's that's what happens, you know, that you want the, you want the excitement, you want the puzzles. You know what is what is actually happening? Uh, where's the, where's the good stuff going to be? You know the five five or the six five or the you know uh, I think we're getting now we're getting some decent now nos and so you know but I think as as a player as as a coach as a manager as a as a scout we you know you want to entertain we're in an entertainment business you know but ultimately we want to entertain and win games. Yeah, absolutely. And what was it like then for you to? to sign for Hibs at, at the very beginning? I think, I think for me, it was, it was, it was really exciting times. You know, I had been training with them, uh, and then I signed an s at 13, I think, maybe, maybe even earlier than that. Uh, and it was just that routine of going and training with them, you know, every Monday at Hamilton, you know, Mark Ferguson, Alan Ferguson's brother took it, you know, so he was, he was very, very good. And then you were just stepping into the, the young woman and then, Going in, you know, I went in just the uh, week before my my sixteenth birthday full time as a 
the light is. Uh, and that was a real eye opener. You know, it was, you know, everybody saw, you know, our footballers only, the amount of time to go, footballers only train for an hour or, you know, and I was there and having like up at like six in the morning, you know, just to get through in time. And sometimes you weren't, and sometimes not get back to seven, seven at night, the time all your tools were done and then the travel back to Glasgow. So, you know, don't get me wrong, once I got off the ground, starting to get in there the first team and I get full tight, I was, then it wasn't that long. <laughs> it wasn't that long. I was maybe back in the house for three o'clock, you know, but I wasn't in as early. So, you know, but it was, it, it was, it was a serial moment. You know, I think Ali, I've said this in many times, Ali was, was hugely influential. You know, he took a chance on, you know, just a young kid, you know, I'm a young kid from, from a scheme in, in Glasgow, you know, and that was, that was, that was a, that was a, that was a big thing for me. And, you know, he, he did. He did guide me. He guided me really well. You know, when I when I broke in, there was a little bit of hype, obviously. You know, before I made my debut, from you know, with it out within the club and with, and out with the club, uh, the facts, etc. And you know, for me through the the six years that I was there, you know, the fans were, were, were exceptional. Yeah, the fans love a player that's come through the academy as as well obviously you were 17 when you made your debut just tell us about the moment when you found out you were you were gonna be in the match day squad um and, and what that was like because i can imagine as a 17 year old even though you've had all this hype around you it's still a, a fairly daunting moment yeah it was you know i was i was i was training with the first team i think i think the biggest thing for me was when you get shouted over from playing with the, with the reserves and the, the, the first team were a little bit short and the manager shakes you over and start running across your legs are shaking, you're nervous. You get so much you don't want to don't want to mess up. But how you're going into all these these players, season pros, and then to be travelling on the bus with the team up to up to Perth as it was, you know, it was was nerve wracking as well with going out and training, you know, just to warm up was 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 a serious moment. But in fairness to, to the players and the team, they were fantastic with me. But you know, I, I remember sitting on the bench just thinking we went three one up. I think before that, and then I came on, and then I was that, sitting thinking, "Yes, that's me." Got the bonus. I think it was like two hundred quid or something. <laughs> you know, so I was like, "Yes, that's the bonus." And then Alec Miller shouted me, and then and then the proverbial hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> but in terms of the when, when you were kind of on the pitch, did it take you a few moments to settle in, or was it just the the buzz of of actually being on there? Did that take over? Yeah, you just I think there was many. It was just the buzz again, again. Yeah, actually, be able to put that strip on was great. And uh, going, going on, I was really, really nervous. I'll not, I'll not deny it. I won't say that it was calm as anything. But you know, the manager and the, the experienced players helped uh, make it, make it uh, as smooth as possible. But when you're three one up, you know, you're absolutely fine. You know, uh, you're no problem. Yeah, that's easy. easy we're going to control of the game so it was it was it was good but once you get that first touch of the ball then all the nerves go away and you know you just do what you've been training for yeah and when you've had that first taste of it i guess then it's a, a case of you saying right well i don't want to train with the reserves anymore i really need to push myself on and, and get a starting shirt that's that's what it's about you know that's that's a hundred percent true you know you don't want to go back to the reserves and that's not disrespect to the reserves but you know, you want to, you want to play in the first day. You know, I was fortunate enough that I was pretty much in the squad, you know, the most, the most of the rest of the season. So, you know, it was nice, but you know, you always go back to the reserves as well. 
and enjoy your time there because that's your, that's your, you know, the ground staff boys that you were playing, you know, you've, you've grew up with, you know, in, in, in that short period of time. Well, I was only, I was, was in the ground staff for two and a bit years, but you know, I was, I was in the first team, you know, after just a year and a half, yeah, well, just a year and a half, yeah, I made my debut from, from within, probably, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a big thing. It's a, it's a big thing. The ground staff, it's a lot, you know, positivity and, you know, you, you live and sort of die with them. It's, it's such, you know, you have your good times, you have your bad times, but, you know, Stuart Colley as well with his, he was, was, was good. He was, he was, he was hard, but he was fair. You know, so you sort of grow into yourself, really. You know, you, I think you have to sink or swim, you know, and that's, you know, thankfully, you know, I could, I could swim a little bit. And you mentioned Alec Miller, obviously, and the role that he played in, in terms of taking a chance on you. When you then got into the first team, you were training with them regularly. How much help did he give you to, to help you develop and, and progress as a player to actually then get that starting shirt? Yeah, he was, he, he was, he was fantastic because he was very knowledgeable. You know, I think if you speak to any, any person that comes across, I just came across Alec Miller, he's very, very football. His football knowledge is incredible, second to none. So, you know, he could, he could help me understand where I had to go and how I had to improve. But I think the experienced players, I, I keep going back to that, the experienced players were really, really having a accident. So, Pat McGinnis, Paul Keith Wright, you know, McAllister, and Mike O'Neill, when they were there, I could go through the whole team. Mitchell, William Miller, so they, they were all, they were all ex experienced, you know, Jim Layton, even as a goalkeeper and John Murray, as a goalkeeper, I felt that took a little bit, I tried to get a little bit from every single one of them, mm. you know, and the positive stuff that they did, don't make my own career, but if you can take as many good things from the experienced boys, because they've done, they've been there and done it, and it's fantastic. Yeah. And looking back at your, your time at, at Hibs now. What, what were your, what were your highlights? What really, really kind of stands out for you? I think, I think the highlights is obviously making my debut. There's, there's a few, uh, scoring in my first, my first game. Well, you know, at least the road against Dundee United when we won 5-0. But I think when I look back, it's probably the, the, the goal with New Year's Day against, against Hearts, you know, your, your local rivals, you know, New Year's Day, it's at home. You know, I don't think it gets much bigger than that. That's one of what be with me as well. And, you know, probably my goal against Raiders would have beat them 2-1, uh, a header. Uh, that probably put me from, you know, sort of being a little bit known to, you know, probably, you know, nation known, if that makes sense. You know, because there was so much hypo after that. Uh, but I think also, when I came on as in a school against Hearts to beat and we, we drew to each, I think it was, we beat him. No, we beat him to one bad of the very school and that pretty much, you know, stopped them, make it, they couldn't win the league. So, you know, it's always, always good to slay your, slay your local rivals, city rivals and get one on in there as well. Yeah. I'm sure the, the Hearts goal in 1998 was one that, um, that the fans obviously remember really fondly as well. The Maisie run and the excellent finish. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's, that's it. So, no, I, I think, I think I'd, I'd done well against, against Hearts and, and the bigger teams, you know, I think I stepped up as a big game player, but, you know, I think over the, over the course, my time at Hibs was really, really enjoyable. Yeah. And I guess the only thing for you was not having that, that opportunity to almost say goodbye to the supporters when, 
when you left for what was a a, a big figure, um, yeah. 300, 300 grand, wasn't it, to to yeah. David? To. Yeah, I think that was a, that's the biggest that's the biggest issue that I have, and I've said that, you know, several several occasions. You know, because I came through there as a kid, and you know, the fans did take me to heart. You know, and not to be able to acknowledge their, you know, their support of me over that over that period over these six years was 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 hard. Yeah. What what would, what did they mean to you, the supporters? I think it was just it was it almost felt like a family. You know, because I was one of theirs. You know, it was, it was, there was a lot, as I said, there was a lot of hype and, you know, probably, you know, looking at it probably didn't fulfill the hype, you know, but, you know, I stood up with big games and, you know, for me, even just go back there, gives me, gives me a buzz all the time, gives back, go back to Easter Road, although, although it's changed a little, just a little bit, <laughs> since I was there, but still, it's still a real buzz and enjoyment back there. In my role covering Hibernian FC home and away, I'm constantly using my phone, tablet or laptop and I know the importance of staying safe online. That's why I use NordVPN. By using NordVPN this protects my personal data and bank details from hackers and gives me peace of mind whilst traveling and working on the move. Thanks to our great partnership with NordVPN you can grab your exclusive deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash highbees. Or use the code HIBEES to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan. An additional month for free and a bonus gift. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to to talk about, um, and it's something that you're obviously very involved in, is um, the racism around the game. Um, obviously, something you're very proud of is that you were the first black player to play for Hibernian FC. Um, at the time, did that feel like a, a significant step? Uh, to be honest, at the time, I didn't know. I wasn't aware. Uh, I wasn't aware that I was the first ever black player to play for Hibs. Uh, so it was, it was, it was no, it was no real issue with it. You know, no real big fans there. Uh, but I think certainly knowing that I was, I was a probably the first black kid as well to come through the ranks in Scottish football, you know, to play in the, in the teams. And uh, first, first team was, was really, really big for me as well. Uh, and I, th I don't think there's many came through the ranks the way that I had, you know, black I did, ethnic players, even today, today, till today. On that, you know, so look, I was one of a kind, had <laughs> more ways than one. What what was that like as a a young black footballer playing up here, obviously in Scotland? It was it was it was it was difficult. It was difficult. You know, you got your you got the racial abuse. You know, you hear so much so much spoken about, uh, and it was it was hard to deal with. You know, because I must admit, I got it as a in, when I was at Oys Club, but I never had a thought that I would get it in in professional football, and that was. Probably just how naive I was, you know, how naive, you know, I just looked at football and thought, oh, it's, you know, I'll never get that. That's just in the own squad. But as you got to the, as you got to the progression game, I got it from, from seasoned pros and, and from, you know, fans, which is disappointing, but we're still getting it, you know, black and ethnic minority players are still getting it. So, you know, it's, it's a football problem. It's a society problem. And until we, we, attack it head on there's always going to be a society on football problem how did you 
where whilst that's all going on and obviously you've, you've kind of trying to focus on playing football and enjoying yourself but how do you deal with that because I, I can imagine it's incredibly incredibly hard yeah it's very very difficult and to be honest but i i couldn't answer that i don't know how i dealt with it if, if i'm honest with you you know it's i grew up in a, a rough area so probably that was that was probably the making of me uh, because I would, I would say that I was used to it, but I got it, you know, when I was out and about. But I think in, in, in my area where I grew up at Bossel Park, I was probably one of the poster boys there and everybody was you know, almost like put their arms around you and went, no, you're one of us. You know, and I think that's when you go back in, mm -hmm. when I went back to it, that's probably what, what it was. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that's probably the only thing that I can think of. Because mm. I can imagine in in those moments, you, it's incredibly hard to see it, but you're almost an inspiration to people of a, of a similar, similar background in terms of obviously where you were brought up or, or other kind of youngsters that, that are, um, of an ethnic minority that want to become a, a professional footballer. I think, I think, I think you, you probably, I, I didn't, I certainly didn't look at that, uh, you know, 17 when I was made my debut. Yeah, like as, as, as I get older, I realised, and that's why I, I speak so much about racism and football and equality, you know, because I have a, a duty. I feel that I have a duty as an ex-professional footballer to try and make change. Whether that whether I have a big enough platform to do that is, I don't know. But if it can if it can reach one person, you know, one person, then that they reach maybe two people, then there's, there's a start and. That's the main aim for me, you know, when I speak about it, it's not about Kevin Harper, it's about showing up the issue that is still there. To this day, after, you know, 20, 20 plus years, well, I've been retired for 12 years now, you know, and it's still going, you know, and I, I was, I've, I've been fighting, I've been fighting and talking about racism for 20, 20 odd years, you know, just, uh, just 18 to 20 years. So, you know, and I don't think anything's changed. Well, it's changed a little bit, but it's not, it's not to change it to where it should be. Yeah. I, w I was going to ask how, if you felt like there was any progression being made over the years from your playing days to, to current day now. I think, I think, I think the, those, we speak about it more, mm -hmm. you know, but I think if it is there, is there action change? Has there been actual change? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think if you look at. There's probably more black and ethnic players playing, but less coaches, you know, certainly in Scotland, there's, you know, you've got Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and you've got Marvin Bartley, you know, Giovanni is, is done really, really well in his career. He's managed, managed a lot of clubs, like with Mar Marvin Bartley has came through at Livingston, so he's had, had hasn't had to necessarily, you know, uh, apply for a, a vacancy, you know. And, uh, and he's doing, he's doing well, he's, he's leading, he's the leading light in, in racism, uh, which is, which is good. We need more of that, but ultimately do I think it's changed. I don't think it's changed that much now. You obviously mentioned, um, Van Bronckhorst and, and Marvin Bartley just, just then, obviously you were the first black manager to be hired by a Scottish club for, for 15 years when you were appointed by Albion Rovers. How, how difficult did you find it to, to get into coaching and, and management and to get that kind of job? 
I think it's I think it's difficult. You know, I think at the end of the day, I've said this and it's been well documented. I don't I don't think I was the best candidate for all of the all of the jobs that I applied for. And I'm well aware of that, I'm a realist. But I think certainly for, you know, a vast number of them I was the best candidate. Uh, and ultimately, you know, I had the best experience, you know, and I'm talking about players that have went into management with no management management experience. Uh, but at the end of the day, chairman decided that someone else was felt that, you know, they deserved an interview. And I think for me, it's about, it's not about getting a job because of whack. It's about having that equal opportunity and people looking past, whether you're black or whether you're white, looking at what you've done in the game. And I get that, you know, everybody needs a chance somewhere. You know, I think, I don't think I was a, a, a failure at Albion Movers, you know, when I was in, it was sort of, I think there were seven points a draft, you know, we stayed up with six points, you know, so the, the turnaround was, was successful. The second year was, you know, we kept him in the league, you know, and for me, that's a success. That was a success for Albion Movers. You have to, it has to be relative, you know, I'm not going to have a 75% win rate when you've got a team in a budget that's the most in the league. Yeah. You know, you're going to, you have to have. You're going to lose more than you're probably going to win, you know, but at the end of the day, did I do the job that I was asked of? Yes, I did. You know, the, the league are, the club are still in the league, you know, and at the, at the end of the day, when I went in, probably I was the only person that believed that we could stay up. Yeah. Do, do you think more needs to be done in terms of making those opportunities equal and in terms of BAME candidates in, in football getting more of a an equal opportunity. I, th I think, I think in any walk of life, you, you deserve an equal opportunity. No matter if you're a woman, if you're, you know, a man, if you're black, if you're white, if you're, you know, whatever religion, sexual orientation, you should, it should be, it should be a diverse culture. We are a diverse culture. And just because you're of a minority, I don't see why you shouldn't get an equal opportunity because you're still a person, no matter what way you look at it. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're obviously heavily involved with the sporting bodies in regards to creating equal opportunities to try and stamp racism out, out of the game. It, it's a difficult question, this, but, but what, what more needs to be, to be done to, to get the message across? I think we have to take it seriously first and foremost, you know, we can't, we can't, we have to, we have to make sure that there's a zero, zero tolerance aspect to it. Because I think right at this present moment in time, the scholars are slapping and slapping the wrist and say, don't do that again. You know, if you, if you do have racial, if you, if you, if you have racial abuse at football, we should treat, we should treat it the same as if it's walking down the street. People would go up to court and they would get, we have to hand out bigger sentences for it because it's not acceptable. It's just almost, it almost feels to me that we're just doing it because there's a big, you know, a big song and dance about it rather than actually doing it to go, you know, what this is wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just to, to now move on and, and talk about your career, you mentioned obviously your, your time at, at Albion Rovers just then, obviously after your retirement, you've always been close to 
Hibernian FC coming back, doing bits with Hibs TV, interviews around the club, and now you're you're back as as first team scout. Just talk us through how that opportunity came about and and how happy you are to to be back involved with the club. Absolutely. Delighted to be back involved with the club. You know, I think for me it's it's always a club that's really close to my heart, as I've said, you know, made, made, when you made your debut for a club, it always stays there. And it came about really by chance. I was actually doing a battle hospitality for the club and I'd spoke, I, I just, I was going to another, another part to do some more and I passed Ben, you know, made a, made a quick chat, you know, in, a, in the corridor uh, between the lounges. And then he said, why don't you come through to the training ground? We can sit down and have a chat or trying to get, you know, more people involved. So. That's how it happened. Sat and spoke, spoke with Ben. I spoke with Sean, who was the then manager. Yeah. And Ian. And, and we just we arranged another couple of calls, couple of meetings, and you know we we felt that you know I could help the club in, in the scouting area. And that's how it happened. It sounds like a silly question, this, um, but I'm sure it's one that, that some fans think well. Why are you asking that? But at the same time, I think it's that broad that it's worth asking and getting your point of view on is what, what is a, a first team scout? What, what does that entail as a, as a role? Because a lot of people think, well, it's just going and, and watching players and, and writing notes, but it, it's just more, it's a lot more than that, isn't it? it you're doing research on players, you know, you're watching, you're watching lots of well, lots of football, you know, yeah, it can be good, but it can be monotonous as well. And you're, you're looking at players that the, the, the managers you're not interested in, or, you know, the head of recruitment, what, what you look at, you're going and speaking, you know, you're going and seeing players live, you're seeing them on, on screen, and then you're reporting back, you know, and it's, there's a, there's a bit of pressure on it because ultimately you have to say, well, you believe a certain player would be good enough. For the club, first and foremost, that good fit. Is he better than what they have? Is he, is he, is he or she the best person for that role? You know, so, and then, yeah, there it's up to the head of recruitment that passes it over to the manager. And then the manager takes that as well. You know, your, your advice and, you know, your thought process is, is important. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, I can only be honest whether I think they're, they're, they're good or not, you know, no matter. No matter the baggage, I think the biggest thing that you have to do is take yourself out of all the hype from what you've heard of, you know, and, and give an honest opinion. It's easy to say that, yeah, I really like this, I really like this player, but, you know, but ultimately, is he going to be a right fit for, for the club and for the manager and the way they stay up play? So, you know, there's lots of permutations that you have to put into your report and, you know, feedback, you know, because ultimately, I'm not saying that the manager's going to going to take and going to go by a player on Mike's say so but at the end of the day it could be the difference between him saying yeah I want more information on this player or you know no and then two months down the line the player that he says no becomes a superstar and he's pointing that finger and going what are you thinking <laughs> it's really interesting I think because there's there's lots of elements of, of being a scout I think people when you kind of or when someone goes and watches a game, it's looking at a player and say, right, well, does he have a good game or not? But you're looking at lots of different elements, aren't you? You're looking at the technical elements, what they're like on the ball, the tactical awareness, 
but also the mentality of a of a player, whether they're willing to do the or put in the the hard yards, whether they can grab the game by a scruff of the neck. How hard is that element to to judge? It's it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's not it's it's not it's not as simple as everybody thinks. But I think what you have to do is you have to take in account you know elements on the playing playing at home or the playing away the different alley walk all these team and or shouting at them, the fans are getting on their back. You know, the manager's giving them like instructions, are they willing to go and, you know, if they're, if they're a wide player like I was, are they willing to go and take the player on inside, are they willing to take them on in, outside? You know, all these different things is he willing to work back and chase back and work, you know, sacrifice himself for the team first and foremost. But when he gets the opportunity, have the, has the, have they got that ability to go and create and, you know, or stop it or stop you know, the other, the oppos- opposition scoring or having a team, you know, so there's, there's lots of different aspects of it, uh, that you have to be aware of in that, in the games that you see, you know, you're not just going to look at the player at once, you're going to probably look at them three, four, five, maybe six times, you know, make your report and then someone else will probably go and see them, you know, and then they'll make that, they'll make that response on that and then ultimately either the manager or the assistant manager will go. I think both of them would probably go. So, you know, there's, you have to build it. You have to build a picture of what you think, you know, on several occasions, not just one occasion, uh, because you know, I can't, I can't think and I can't imagine that a club would just go and buy a player without, you know, on one scouting report. I don't think that would, that would be kamikaze stuff, uh, you know, but ultimately, you know, that's, that's the rule. You know, you, you have to be, you know, a benefit for the club, you know, and give your honest, I give my honest opinion, no matter if I like the player or not, you know, or from what I've heard, you know, you could hear he's an absolute, you know, waste of time. You know, you go and see him and he's done really, really well. You go and see him again and again and he's doing really well. So, you know, that's ultimately, you, you have to be honest and you have to, you know, for me, it's about helping the club. If I can help the club in that small little way, then that's, that's perfect because, the club will be good to meet. And how you mentioned right at the start, the way that, that obviously you were scouted, um, they were watching someone else and they, they came and they heard that everyone talking about yourself. When you're sat there in a, in a stadium or on the side of a pitch, you have to watch obviously one single player in terms of their movements, everything that, that we just mentioned, but on the flip side, you could be watching that game and there could be someone else that kind of yeah. catches catches your eye. How difficult is it to find that balancing act of actually seeing the trends of the game, but also focusing on your one player? Well, I, I think it's I think it is difficult because you you can't that player's not always going to be involved hmm. all of the time. You know, so you have to you have to have a, a vision of seeing everything really. You know, because there might be there might be some something that you pick up that you know, somebody's not picked up on that player or on a player that's playing, you know, but that's where you, that's where you have to go. You, you have to be concentrated and not just be focused solely on the player and be focused on the game. Yeah, you have to probably, you know, that, that player that you're going to see is probably taking, I would say 75%, 80% of your, you know, concentration, but also you have to have that other 20, 15, 20%, you know, of looking at the whole game and other players there because you know some of the players, you have a thought process and know what they are, but there'll be some that you might not know. And that's where you have to come and build your, 
build your database up and then you can go to, you know, I can go to the, to the header group and say, I, I went and saw this, this person, but maybe have a look at this person, keep an eye on that. You know, he could be a potential, uh, he done really well. Also, advise what he done well. You know, there's no point in me just going, oh, by the way, he done well. And then the head didn't treat yeah. me. Yeah. like, what, Kevin, what are, you, what are you actually talking about? You know, so you have to be in depth, but sure and speak with it as well. Uh, and have you been mainly scouting in, in Scotland, the UK? Have you been further afield than that? Just, just ma mainly at the moment in Scotland, because obviously the new manager changed and then it was the end of the season. So yeah. well, what, what, was, what was with it? the previous managers ripped up? You know, and now the, the new managers came in, you know, he'll be looking at different targets as well. And it'll be good to get sat down with him and, you know, see what type of player he's wanting and what type of, what type of attributes that he likes, you know, because all managers are different and style of play will be different. You know, it could be different. The, the system could be, be different. So the players that Sean was, was looking, looking at might not fit in the system that the new managers, you know, that Lee's wanting to do so. These are, these are things that you have to sit down with manager and the head that recruitment and, and, and think, you know, I am things out so that I get, so that I, in a personal and selfish space, have a, have a clear knowledge of what the club want. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, I think we'll leave it there, but thank you. That was uh, interesting, fascinating, eye-opening. Um, and I hope that everyone has enjoyed listening to the latest episode of the High Buzz. I think it's clear to, to hear and see your affinity with Hibernian FC, but also that a lot more needs to be done to stamp racism out of the game. Um, and really from a personal note, the, the scouting stuff I find absolutely fascinating. Anyway, so Kevin, thank you again Cheers, uh, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Cheers, Steve. Easy. Absolutely. Sports Social Podcast Network.